0: People often describe this gospel passage as Jesus showing anger in a way that contrasts with how he is often portrayed. Some find that liberating, some find it disturbing. But I don't think it's actually anger at play here. Even the passage itself makes it clear That Jesus is expressing zeal, not anger. Zeal for your house will consume me. Jesus' zeal for God is what drives his outrage, and yes, there is outrage, but it is driven by zeal. That's what drives the outrage and the passion, not anger at the sellers and money changers. Zeal comes from a different place than anger. Zeal is about conviction and faithfulness to a cause or person. Whereas anger can harm others, ourselves, and so often comes from a place of fear. So what's going on in this passage? The temple was central to Jewish religious life and was considered to be the dwelling place of God. Jesus is protesting an economic system that had developed around the temple. A key part of the ritual at the temple were animal sacrifices, different animals sacrificed for various reasons. And it was required in the law that the animals sacrificed be unblemished. And a practice arose over time that the unblemished animals unblemished animals, could only be purchased at the temple. And the prices were always higher at the temple. You couldn't bring two doves with you. You had to buy them at the temple for a higher price. The temple tax was essentially an entry fee for the upkeep of the temple. Nothing wrong with that. But the priest who ran the temple would only accept the Tyrian shekel as the temple tax. The Tyrian shekel had a higher percentage of silver in it than the other coins at use at the time. And so people would have to convert their money into the Tyrian shekel. And the money changers would also charge, it's kind of like buying concert tickets today, like the transaction fee is outrageous. So there's a high transaction fee on top of it. So Jesus isn't protesting the sacrifices and the, and the temple tax per se, but the profiteering that increased the cost for ordinary Jews to observe their faith at the temple. For Jesus, this had degraded what the temple was for. The word for the temple that Jesus uses at the beginning of the passage means a religious building. He's talking about the physical structure. But later in the passage, when Jesus is referring to himself, the word that Jesus uses for the temple means dwelling place of God, which was the true purpose of the temple. So Jesus is doing two things here. He is stating that by turning God's house into a place of commerce, the temple had become morally bankrupt. More importantly, Jesus flipping the tables of the money changers over becomes a metaphor for how Jesus will flip the temple practice and the entire understanding of the temple. Jesus himself will become the sacrifice once and for all, and he will become the temple the dwelling place of God. The passage says when the other Jews, which probably means some of the leaders of the temple because they're all Jews in this, the other Jews asked Jesus for a sign to justify his actions. He, and he essentially says I am the sign. And it's important to understand that the Gospel of John was written after the second temple was destroyed. Indeed, all the Gospels are written around the time that the temple was destroyed. Without a temple, Jews could not have animal sacrifices. So for the early followers of Jesus, this story of him at the temple, which had been passed down by oral tradition, and is included in all four Gospels becomes a retrospective way of understanding Jesus as the new temple, the dwelling place of God through his sacrifice on the cross. This is a fundamental element of Christian theology, which leads to this beautiful passage we heard from Ephesians. Through his sacrifice on the cross, Jesus has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances. Jesus has created a single new humanity of both Gentile and Jewish believers. In other words, Jesus himself is the temple which all people may enter. Christ Jesus is the cornerstone of the new temple, the body of Christ, the church. I love the final line of the passage. In Christ, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Messiah, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. We, the church, the body of Christ, we become the dwelling place for God. As Teresa of Avila said, Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. If Christ has made all into one and has broken down the dividing wall, then it is essential that we in the church, as the body of Christ, don't put up new walls. The church must always be defined by who it lets in, not who it keeps out. This, I think, is is the struggle of Christianity in America today. Can we actually embrace Christ's radical inclusivity? Our cornerstone here at St. John says a house of prayer for all people. And we damn well better mean it. We better be willing to flip some tables for it. And I do not think that phrase is just for those who come into our physical building. Right? There are lots of people who might not want to come into a building full of mostly white people in suburban Marin. Though I pray and believe that we truly do welcome all who come here. The real house of prayer for all people is us. And Jesus Christ is our cornerstone. So this is also about how we together And each of us, individually, are the body of Christ in the world. Do we have the zeal of Christ to break down dividing walls and to proclaim peace to those who are far off and those who are near? Now, admittedly, Episcopalians are not not known for their zeal. Uh, There's a reason we used to be called God's frozen chosen. But these passages are an invitation for each of us to identify and find our zeal. And zeal does not mean having to cause a scene as Jesus did. But it does mean being willing to flip tables, at least metaphorically, on anything that rejects the image of God in another human being. What do you have zeal for in the name of Christ?